WRKS Pickens Jackson. You ready? Let's go! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Oh, good morning. Welcome in. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Edwin Watts Golf Shop on County Line Road. That's the place to go. Upgrade your golf game. Carrying the team will walk you through what you need. And they've got the golf simulators. You can grab any club in there. Hit, hit, hit. Irons, drivers, woods, you name it. Edwin White's Golf Shop on County Line Road. That's where you want to go before you go to Live Oaks Golf Club. LiveOaksGC.com to play a great round of golf. Roosevelt's is not open today, but they are open Tuesday through Sunday. And uh, delicious food that we tell you about all the time. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. You can hit us up on the Farm Bureau Insurance call-in line. 601. 607-3750. Twitter handle at BowBounds. Twitter handle at BowBounds. Brought to you by Havana Smoke Shop. Two locations in the metro area. For your premium cigars, Havana Smoke Shop, I-55 North, and across from Shaggy's at the Reservoir. And y'all know the text line. It was Mississippi Ag. Name change. Ag Up Equipment. And the Ag Up Equipment text line is 601 885-3776. Show is also brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland. Uh, Delicious burgers and great craft beer and wonderful appetizers. Um, So, coming back from Vegas yesterday, uh, where I had a blast, um, really, really enjoyed the NFL draft. Thursday night was so much fun. I I said this earlier, Blake is in Dublin, Ireland for the week. He's got a friend getting married, so he went from Vegas to Dublin. He was like a kid in the candy store, like an eight-year-old the night before Christmas Eve. And uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And, um, <laughs> oh, my goodness, we, we had so much fun. Great food, beverages, people watching, and, and the draft was an absolute blast. And that's the place to go. They really, I mean, they really need to have the draft there every other year. Um, so, but, I mean, I know wherever it is, people have a blast, and it'll be in Kansas City next year. But, <laughs> I guess it's off the chat. Never, never, ever, ever, ever in my, you know, trips to Vegas, I've never, ever seen that many people there. It was wild. Of course, blocking off the Las Vegas Boulevard was, and we were right there, right across from the Bellagio at at the Vegas, uh, not Vegas, Paris, Las Vegas, which is a Caesars property. Um, It was wild. Oh, I got to tell you this story. We, We flew out of here to Houston to Vegas, right? Southwest. We get to, uh, Houston and, um, we get on the plane in Houston and uh, we're in the back of the plane 
Well, I'm not really paying attention. I've got my earbuds in and whatever, and I'm I'm drinking water. I, you know, I didn't drink on the way out or on the way back. I, every now and then I'll have a beverage on a plane, but you know it's kind of where you get dehydrated. I like to pound water because I'm gonna have some beverages when I get out there. Um, <laughs> there's these Texas Texans, excuse me, Houston Texans fans all around us, and they're sitting there, and all of a sudden. Like 15 drinks come, you know, right around us. And I'm going, and I understood that they're Texas. They all have on jerseys, you know. But, I mean, I didn't know they were about to take the part. I mean, we weren't even 30,000 feet, and they're they're getting rolling. Well, it was this couple who had their 21-year-old son with them and his friends, and they were taking him to Vegas. Well, they were all ready to go. This is what is so great. He stands up. So, you know, again, we're on the back row of the because I wanted an aisle seat and, and somebody else bought our ticket. So I had no control over my ticket, if that makes sense, right? In Southwest, you sit anywhere. Um, I had upgraded to business class when I got to Jackson just to sit on an aisle seat, you know, torn meniscus or repaired. I just wanted some legroom, but was lucky to get an aisle seat even here. So we're in the back, which I'm fine with. And uh, I'm not one that has to run off the plane and so on. And (laughs) he stands up and he gives his son a toast, who is on a row kind of on the other side of the plane and up, and they all have drinks. And when I tell you, they're they're ordering drinks every three minutes. It's an absolute party. Well, Blake is on my row, but on the other side. So he starts talking to the wife, and she finds out that we're with ESPN Radio. Well, immediately... We become celebrities. It's so funny. The first thing they said, who should we who should we draft? A running back? And I couldn't help but laugh. I was like, fans, I love fans. I love fandom. I love fanaticism. I love fans. I'm sitting there thinking, hell no. That's the last position you need to draft um, in the first round. But it was so much fun to see how excited they they all had on their Texans gear. I mean, it's unfortunate. They're Texans fans, but they were wonderful people. I mean, you know, they're from Houston. That's that's what you do. They were bragging about the Astros getting a championship, and I don't blame them. Uh, of course, then we countered with the fact that we cover, we have the Mississippi Braves and the Atlanta Braves tie, and they were like, well, we don't want to hear that because of last year. But um, this guy stands up and makes a toast to his son, and then they all go crazy again and order more drinks. Now, I don't know where they ended up, but they went straight to fun. They got the straight to fun award on the plane. And here, and I'd forgotten about this because I had spent a few years, I guess 2014 since I went to Vegas. Or was it 14, I think. And um, I'd forgotten about this. When you get on the, the last flight, in, if you're not direct, the flight into Vegas, your, your plane is more rowdy than when you're flying in other places. And the drinking on the plane all the way, I mean, the, the, the flight attendants never stopped. I mean, they, they never stopped going and getting drinks. And it was so funny. We were talking to the Southwest Airlines flight attendants, and they were laughing. And we all know this, but they were like, yeah, this happens. When you fly in, there's just all this exuberance and excitement and, and adrenaline and energy. And she said, and then people fly out. And it's like people are just trying to hang on getting in their seat, getting home. 
I saw some of that yesterday too. There were a couple of guys that got on the plane and and looked like uh, they had been hit pretty hard. But it was fun to see them um, celebrate with uh, with cocktails from Houston to to Las Vegas. Um, oh, I said this earlier. For those of a lot of you go all the time, so you're much more versed than I am. And I like Vegas, but it's not something I have to do every year, multiple times a year by any stretch. Um, I did like it this time because I was with Blake and a great crew from you know Mississippi Gulf Coast. It's fun when you're. I, I travel a lot without Wendy, and that's not as much fun. And so I've been out there, you know, without her every time. But to be with Blake and some other people was really cool. Um, I'll say this. I went to the Circa Sportsbook and hung out there for a while. It's off the chains. It is so cool. If you go to Vegas, it's worth driving. Or not driving. Grabbing a cab or an Uber and going. It is really, really cool. Great recommendations from y'all on the Ag Up text line. Oh, and the food, you know. Uh, Bouchon and 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 Lavo and all those were excellent. What what, what was the other place? Uh, Sushi Samba was was great too. So an amazing food trip. Day Bar Two will this show's flying by. Day Bar Two will join us at nine thirty on the Corona Premier Guest Line. Good morning, welcome in. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Woo! That was a wild ride. Tough day for, uh... Mississippi State Ole Miss baseball and uh, could have easily gone the other way over the weekend, but it did not as both teams dropped uh, the series to Missouri and Arkansas. We'll see. Uh, Ole Miss looks virtually impossible. Make the postseason. Mississippi State, the longest of long shots. We'll see. Still some ball left to play, but most of you, I think you'll be okay in June as far as travel uh, this year. And for Mississippi State fans, first time in a in a while, you have played deep into June um, for several years now outside of COVID. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, brought to you by USA Pawn, usapawn.com and their mega store. 
They just posted a uh, very, very nice, um, let's see, LG Smart TV. This is big balling. 86 inches. Massive. 86-inch flat-screen LG Smart TV at the Mega Store. We just retweeted it and liked it. Uh, powered by USAPawn.com and their Mega 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 Store, USAPawn.com and their Mega Store, I-55 South, McDowell Road. Dave Bartu will join us coming up in the, uh, oh, look, Bartu already texted me. He's ready to go in the next segment, 930, and we'll chew through some numbers um, with the NFL draft. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it was fun to be there. Live is crazy. And uh, what I think the NFL's kind of story and business model should be should be taught in every business school and MBA school in America. Um, it, you know what they were doing out there? You know they never stopped promoting. They were promoting their their schedule drop May twelfth. I mean, are you kidding me? No, they'll dominate for two days. They'll own it. Won't be the NBA playoffs. Anything else? When is that? I don't even know what day it is. May, all right, it's May 2nd. May 12th, NFL schedule drop. It will dominate the news for 48 hours. It's just nonstop. It really is. How about breaking news for the New Orleans Saints? Tyran Matthew? The Honey Badger. Heading to the Saints. So does he have another year or so in him? Um, Super, super smart cerebral player who's made plays in big moments. Um. Uh, he's from that area, played at LSU, and now he'll be part of Houdat Nation. Houdat, Houdat. Um, so Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, is a, a New Orleans Saint. And we'll see how that looks. Couldn't hurt. I mean, he's a good football player. And if he's still got some tread on the tires, could be a uh, valuable asset for the... Um, um, New Orleans Saints. Want to switch gears? I was listening also to a college football podcast yesterday, and interesting. They were talking about you know the favorites to win the national title. A couple of these guys were they're with the Action Network, and they felt like uh, I think the consensus, as much as you're going to get a consensus, was Alabama and Ohio State. I know that doesn't shock. Well, Ohio State kind of disappeared for a little while, but. They feel like they're back. It was interesting. DJ Uyangalale with Clemson did not have a good spring practice. He was very erratic. And again, you you got to be careful with spring practices, right? Sometimes you can take some this away. Sometimes you can't take anything away from X. Uh, because a lot of people were thinking Clemson was back. Um, maybe he's just not going to have the accuracy. Um, you know, he was missing pretty big in spring practice. Now, maybe he can get, maybe it was a bad day. This does happen. Okay. Um, we have had other quarterbacks have bad days in spring games and go on to be really good. And then we've had them have bad days. And that was indicative of the way they were going to play for us in the fall. Right. Um, but there seemed to be a consensus of Alabama and Ohio State. Now, again, those two brands, those two names don't surprise anybody listening. 
They also debated Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies. There wasn't a lot of confidence there. One rip, he didn't rip us off in that he listened to the show, but but kind of what we talk about is that that pro-style offense that Jimbo runs is just simply not going to work to get you to the college football playoff. I mean, Saban totally adjusted to the game by hiring Lane Kiffin back in 14. Um, and then Sark to follow that up. Um, Bam, Ohio State would be would be good. I, I could handle that. Um, there wasn't a lot after that. You know, I, I don't know if Georgia can put themselves in. I mean, they're going to have great players, blah, 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 recruit off the charts. But, boy, they lost a lot. And I know they'll – don't forget that every number one, two, or three class is not the same in college football, okay? I mean, there are years – I mean, Bama is always number one or two. Maybe – I don't think they've been three in a while, but they're they're always number one or two. But some of their number one classes are better than their other number one classes. Give Kirby and his super recruiters, Warriors, credit. I mean, they, they hit and hit and hit. You're not always going to do that. Some – it's just like Mississippi State and Ole Miss – some number 20, 22 ranked classes are better than others. We all know that. Um, I find it hard to believe that I think there'll be a lot of padding on the back in the offseason at Georgia. Haven't won it since 1980. You know, Ronald Reagan just getting into the to the White House type deal. Uh, that was a long time ago, as a friend of the show called me last week and said, hey, do not reference Georgia winning the national title is not in the modern era. It makes me feel old. Um, or since 1980 until they did this year. So we'll we'll see. Bama's in the catbird seat. I would love for Ohio State to be really good. Southern Cal is still a year or so away. They don't have enough on defense in the front seven. Uh, Lincoln's going to get that offense up and rolling. Caleb Williams is the real deal. It's going to be fun that Southern Cal is fun again. Um, Lincoln Riley may be a blankety blank, um, cause evidently he's a mess, which a lot of coaches are, but he is going to get Southern Cal rolling. He didn't buy that $17 million house out in LA to not hang out there for a while and, and get this thing going. Um, and then we'll see what Miami does, um, down in, we've talked about it. Those are two big brands. They're cool. They're on both coasts. And when they're good, people get excited. The U, Southern Cal Trojans, but they're they're probably going to be, you know, a year or so away. Uh, both conferences are weak, which plays in their favor. Um, and and we'll we'll see what's going on. Um, so yeah, there you go. That, that's kind of my, my college football. As far as your Mississippi State and Ole Miss Bulldogs, I don't know what to tell you. There's so many question marks in Oxford. I mean, Ole Miss lost a, you know, mega generational player in Matt Corral. I, I, you know, he masked so much of the, of the deficiencies on that team. And, and I understand the D really stepped up, but he was just a freaking playmaker on third and fourth down and in the red zone. And so dangerous, not just throwing the ball, but with his wheels at the college level. He's not going to be able to use those wheels as much at the NFL level. You know, MSU, I don't know. You're, you, you lose a first-round pick on the offensive line. 
I don't know what your O-line is going to look like and how much it can protect Will. Obviously, that's an offense that a lot of times if you get the ball out early, you know, and Will will have to get the ball out quicker. Uh, we'll see how that looks. On defense, oh, my gosh, is this a big year for Zach Arnett. The numbers don't look real – don't look great. He's not a bad coach. But he needs to have a good year. And they shuffled a lot of people around. A little bit of a head-scratcher on how they did all that. We'll see how that looks, too. Um, all right. We're going to have Dave Bar 2 coming up next on the Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Brought to you by Went McGee, the mortgage man. MortgageManMS.com. And also presented by Briarwood Wine and Spirits, 4949 Old Canton Road. Insider hit on the Bowbound Show. Fueled by Fleetway Market. Fuel up your car and cooler at Fleetway this football season. Let's go. Out of Bounds is powered by Fleetway Market. Over 20 locations in the great state of Mississippi. Fuel up at Fleetway Market. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. And uh, we welcome in our friend, Dave Bartu, who's now, he'll love this, he's now an NFL draft expert. Uh, Dave joins us on the Corona Premier Guest Line. He's gotten all into the draft. He's sharing numbers with us that um, that we've never had before. Uh, looking through a different uh, lens and, and microscope. Dave Bartu, good morning, buddy. How are you? Right. Why would we have it any other way than to uh, than to make a change and dive down another data rabbit hole? Right. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, you did it in college football, and now you're doing it uh, with the with the NFL draft. And I followed you tweeting, you know, throughout the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me this: uh, what? Give me. Give me something either that happened with the draft or even more numbers that you're uncovering that made you go, holy smokes, Bartu. Holy smokes. It's, it's, I'm, I'm uncovering something new every day because really what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to learn the, the big takeaway from this. Okay, before I answer your question, just for everybody listening, the big takeaway that I'm trying to do with this is I'm trying to model NFL GM behavior before, during, and after the draft to apply it to portal and recruiting management for our college football clients. Okay. Okay, because I I think when you're starting to manage all these things, draft, undrafted, this, that, and the other, I think there's a lot of similarities there. And so I want to see what guys are doing differently at the front office level to – affect outcome to manage their programs, manage their franchise. Okay. Um, I think the biggest takeaway so far that I've seen. So in, in the last 10 years, the, the first big takeaway I got is the fewer, the number of starters you use over time, the better your franchise is. Okay. 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 So, so that's kind of like number one, when you look at, all of when you look at all of your Super Bowl winners of the last 10 years, they are all very good. Top 12 at 
keeping the starter count down. Okay. Keeping the starter count down. So, so how, how much churn are you having in your roster? Makes sense. That's, 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 yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a big number. Because if you're you know? overhauling uh, it every year, what you're saying is it's just tough to uh-huh. to get your footing and the things that you want, you know, done right. Right, <clears throat> right. Now, the the common denominator of the teams that have really excelled, you know. So if you take your top fifteen in total number of starters needed over the last ten years, um, all of your really good teams quite obviously, no surprise, right, had a really good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Your your teams that would always make the playoffs but never go anywhere had a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Mm. So it, it, it helps support that whole – I mean, like if I'm a GM, I, it's the, it is a constant. I'll draft all the quarterbacks. I don't care because you're not excelling uh, without it. Now, a great quarterback can absolutely overcome an average front office. Case in point, right in your backyard, New Orleans. You know, number of starters needed to uh, to complete the last ten years, middle of the road, middle of the road front office in terms of managing roster churn. But you have Hall of Fame quarterback, right? So it doesn't work for everything, but I I think that's one of the big keys to being a successful GM is keeping that starter churn down. And for everybody listening, it's not. It, this is a broad number. So in the last 10 years, your top three teams for least number of starters needed, uh, 128, 134, 138. Okay. Um, Pittsburgh and Green Bay are two of those teams. Wow. On the other end of the spectrum, you know, so you've so you got 138 start, different starters, 134 different starters, you know, from the draft, from undrafted free agency, guys you trade for, blah, 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 blah. Okay. On the other end, you got the Giants, you got the Jets, and you got the Browns with 215, 223, and 224 different starters. In fact, in fact, I think the Jets have had more starters that they have traded for or signed in free agency. I think they had 141 different starters than Green Bay has had starters in total in the last 10 years. Wow. Okay, so you want to keep your okay. players and sign them to one more, mm-hmm. ideally, a second contract. Well, or how good are you? At, is this a function of how good you are at drafting? Right. Right? Or is it a, and is it a function of how good that you are of managing your draft, too? Because the second part to that is how well do teams retain the starts that they draft? Mm-hmm. And I, and I know that's kind of a funky number, but what I did is I went in and as I looked at, let's say, New Orleans, all right, and I looked at all the guys that they drafted over the last 10 years, and I added up all the starts those guys made for New Orleans and for somebody else, right? So when you, so when you draft a guy, you know, when, you, when Chicago drafts Mitch Trubisky and then they trade him away, how many starts was he, was he doing for somebody else? You know, was he really that good or was it was it a good trade? How well do you retain those picks, you know, the starts that you get out of them? And, uh, you know, sticking with the Saints, uh, they they were, over the last 10 years, they've been a pretty good first-round drafter. They are number nine in total starts off of their first-round picks. 
but they are 17th in starts retained. They only kept 71% of all the starts their first round picks made, you know, so there's, there's room for improvement there. So you kind of go through these things and you start seeing how these front offices, if they're stable, that's the other thing. You're not only turning over roster, you start turning over coaches, you start turning over front office, everything becomes unstable. And this kind of goes back to, well, when you're managing college football, you don't want to have too much of a starter churn. You rely on that portal too much. I think it's going to get you. I think you're going to end up like the Giants, the Jets, and the Browns when you rotate too many starters through your system. Okay. Day bar two on the Out of Bounds show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, Tell our listeners about your tweet on the Texas Longhorns and the NFL draft over the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which, which 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 one the lost decade tweet yes <laughs> and jim um, well no let's start with that stay with that we'll just we'll, we'll start with that we'll just we'll just make fun of everybody yes this morning all right we'll just make we'll just just bury everybody so texas i couldn't believe this so one of the things i i looked at for efficiency i started with how many starters are you generating right on the on the nfl side and then i started looking at it well how many starters are you generating from your program you know, because everybody's like, oh, draft pick this, draft pick that. That's a bunch of crap. You know, something that's the third biggest bucket of starters in the NFL is undrafted free agents. So looking solely at the draft, completely dumb. It, does, it doesn't give you the whole picture. So I started looking at starts, and I was shocked. The Longhorns have 230 more starts than the Sooners in the last decade in the NFL. 230 more starts. Now, Texas is all on defense. Sooners are all on offense. Combined, they're a national championship franchise program. But Texas actually has had more starts in the NFL in the last decade than Oklahoma. And you look at and you look at the two different results and you just go, well, that's a lost decade. But then it also makes me think, well, is, is this look at the look at the coaching churn. You know, uh, there was no athletic department churn, but they couldn't get the coach right. So maybe the recruiting numbers were actually more accurate than we give it credit for because we're only looking at the record. Right. And we go, oh, well, the record's bad, so the, the talent isn't there. But the NFL found the talent, right, or, or, the, or the talent made its way into the NFL. So the talent was there, and, and I was just shocked. And so I was like, well, that's cool if you're a Longhorn fan for about five seconds till you realize, you know, you just basically pissed away 10 years of NFL talent on a sub 500 record. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Now, was it, has, has, has Texas won their national title within the last 10 years? No, I don't believe they so. won it in 2005 or six against Southern Cal with Vince Young. Oh. Okay, so all that talent was basically wiped out by the time in, in, in the last ten years in the NFL. Yeah. So, yeah, so so you ha- you have that, um, but there's there's more examples of that. Uh, Clemson and Florida State last ten years, who has more starts? That's right, Florida FSU. State by a country mile. It's even bigger. They have like five hundred more starts than Clemson. What in the last ten years? Yes. Yes, uh, USC has almost 900 more than Oregon. God, just bad, right? bad you know, coaching, it, bad culture, bad, terrible, de- all of that, right? Coaching, culture, it, development. Right, 
Right. Well, you know, you, you can't put your finger on it. Which one is it? Right. But or a it's combo. not the talent issue, right? It's not the talent issue. The NFL went out and, and dug these guys up uh, somehow and, and made it happen. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's not just Texas. I mean, Florida State and USC uh, have had all the – I mean, they, they, were, they have top ten starts in the NFL in the last decade. And – you know, now Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Georgia have dominated total number of starts in the NFL in the last 10 years, right. even the last five, you know. But Florida State is in the top 10. Texas is in the top 10. USC is in the top 10. And, man, you want to talk about a giant whiff? That is the definition of it in college football. I just – I cannot believe all three of those programs threw away a decade. And what do you make of the graph that you threw out? Did Jimbo Fisher, after winning the national title at Florida State, did he just get distracted or burn the thing to the ground? What What do you make of the graph you threw out? Well, or two? I've, I've always said that guys that give up, the recruiting goes first, right? And and, and for, for folks listening, what, what Bo's referencing is I tweeted out a graphic about Florida State and the number of rookie NFL starters they had every four years. So from 2012 to 2016, Florida State had 33 different rookie NFL starters. Okay. The next year, 2013 to 2016, they had 35. Now, when did Jimbo win that national title? 2014? 2013 season. 2013, right? So, so we're four years removed away from the national title, and the number of rookies in the NFL has peaked at 35, right? So, and it takes because it takes time. There's a delay in getting all these guys to the NFL, but then you 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 hit 2014, we're down to 30. 2015, we're down to 26. 2016, we're down to 17. Last year, the last actually the last three years, 17, 16, and 17. I mean, the, 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 quite literally, everybody who is saying he's gutting the program and we don't have near the talent, absolutely. I mean, this was, this was a program that was, every four years, was putting mid-30s guys into the NFL. Uh, the only other teams that have been doing that in the last few years, uh, you're talking Notre Dame, LSU, Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. And now Florida State is down into the mid-teens. I mean, heck, Temp, Temple put 15 guys into the NFL as rookies in the last four years. <laughs> you know, so it, it's it's one of those things. Now, the question here is, okay, if, if it was being mismanaged that bad, does that now become – so you can point your finger at Jimbo, right? Mm -hmm. But does this also point the finger at the athletic director for not realizing what's going on fast enough? Nuts. And making a decision, right? Because mm -hmm. we see this in the SEC, right? You, you you don't keep up with the Joneses. You don't win football games. You don't recruit. You're fired. You know, there's no Mac Brown. Oh, you want a national title. We don't mind that you're five and seven for the last six years. Just keep it up. No problem, buddy. You know, golf clap, pat him on the butt, go run it out there again. Not in the SEC. You get fired for that. So, you know, maybe there was a little bit of a delay in Florida State. And so now they are, you know, they're, Four years down and four years back up. So it just takes a while. Bar two, 
Day Bar 2 on the Out of Bounds show talking uh, NFL draft and college football and what the programs produce or don't produce, depending on uh, where they recruit. All right, let's go to real quick on the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Malik Willis and Matt Corral dropped. You still like right. you, you like the class, because, and you even liked Kenny Pickett. You liked it because they had a lot of starts. They elevated their teams. You talk about how important that is. And mm-hmm. I can't remember your third one, but I know I know one is uh, you want them to play a lot. Two, you want them to elevate everybody around them, like Dak Prescott and Eli Manning here to take it local. Right. right. And um, you know they fell, but they could still. I mean, Malik Willis and Matt Corral could still have uh, you know good careers in the NFL. Or two. Well, you know something. Look, everybody everybody focuses on all these first round guys. But, you know, in the last decade, your need for, for a quarterback and first-round guys, I think, blinds a lot of GMs. You know, your, your average number of NFL starts out of a first-round quarterback is less than the second-round quarterback over the last decade, over the last five years. You know, so um, is, it, is it great to be 6'4 with a cannon arm going to a big-name brand school? Absolutely. It gets you paid, Right. But it certainly doesn't, for the most part, get you ready for the NFL. So I, I'm, I'm. This is one of those hills I'll probably die on. But I, I'm still. I don't care where these guys were drafted. They started a bunch of games. Uh, they weren't on elite teams. They're some of them. Their offensive coordinators weren't good, so they elevated those guys. Um, they elevated their teams. Now Willis took a step back with Liberty this past year versus two years ago. Same thing with Howell at North Carolina. You know, overall, these are still all positive quarterback effect guys. Right. Uh, and they also, look where they went. Normally, you go to crap franchise when when you're graded really good, right? You end up with the Giants or the Jets or, you know, you, you end up in these places where you just die. And, I mean, Pittsburgh's one of the best drafters and draft start retainers in the last decade. I bet. So how great is it for Pickett to end up there? You know, you look at Matt Corral. Where did Matt end up? Was it Carolina Panthers? Look, Carolina Panthers, when you look at their their actual management, front office management, they've just been missing the quarterback. They've been pretty good. You know, there's a lot worse places to land. Plus, we know as soon as – who's their starting quarterback? Darnold? Yes. Dude, you know they're gonna have they're gonna roll him out there for what six games five games. That's what I was games? saying earlier. Yes. Yeah. I would not be Dude, surprised if Corral's starting by like week eight or two. Uh, or I before. Be more surprising, right? Right. I think we're gonna be surprised if he's not. Right. Get that kid out there. You know, it, it ain't gonna be any more pressure than him running around like a chicken with his head cut off in the SEC trying to survive. Right. <laughs> you know. So he's going to be out there. Mariota's going to last in Atlanta about as long as it takes him to get hurt. You know, he'll pull a hammy by week four. So uh, that would put uh, who, who is uh, who's in it? Ritter. Ritter's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Ritter and Pickett were my two favorite guys um, in in the whole thing, just because their offensive coordinators weren't good. It's the whole Justin ah. Herbert thing. He elevated a bad offensive coordinator, okay, or a poor one. You know, I don't. I don't believe Denbrook is that guy. I think Ritter makes him look really, really good. Now, maybe he'll make me eat my words for LSU next year, but I'll go with the numbers and say he'll just be average. So, 
Now, all these guys ended up falling, I think, in better than average spots for the situation. You know, uh, you could have ended up at Washington, you know, or somewhere really bad that doesn't have a good, <laughs> you know, that maybe doesn't have a good staff or doesn't have a good front office. But Pittsburgh has a good front office. Atlanta has a great front office. People realize this team was, you know, 30 minutes away from a Super Bowl title just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, so Carolina's a decent front office. Uh, Howell went to Washington, so he's screwed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I'm, I, I still think that these guys, they're, they're above average risks for their, especially for their draft positions. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if, if multiple starters come out of this draft in, in, from the quarterback standpoint. All right, we'll leave it there. Day Bar 2 on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. So what made you do this? Again, tell us. Um, it was it was the desire to try to give um, better clients. credit to development. Okay. You know, the corner, who's, who's the cornerback coach at Washington putting all these guys in the NFL? Who's the safeties coach at blah, 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 right? Who is the coach at Mississippi State putting all these defensive linemen into the NFL? I want to find that guy. I want to find I want to find the guy that's evaluating the high school talent before it gets on campus, right? And then I want to find find the guy. So that was the goal. And then suddenly I realized, well, this this is a lot like portal management. So I'm just exploring it to try to give edges to our clients in terms of how professional franchises are managing their portal. And and is it fair to say Dan Mullen and Chris Peterson were kind of freaks? at Mississippi State and Washington as far as generating? Uh, Dan, Dan Mullen did a really good job. In fact, Mississippi State as a whole, um, there was I, I shot over some information to them, and they put a graphic out because in the last five years, when you divide total NFL starts by the number of different guys in the NFL, uh, Mississippi State leads the SEC and starts per player. Yeah. I saw that, you know, so, over the weekend. So, so to me, you know, Mississippi State is is underrated in terms of the talent that they have there. And uh, so, no, I mean, Mullen did a fantastic. They, they did a fantastic job, especially on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Peterson. I mean, you can see the numbers. Uh, two years before he arrived, there were 18 different players in the NFL from Washington. Uh, he left last year or a year and a half ago, and there were 30 players in the NFL. Unreal. 18 to 30 in four years. So yeah, that Chris guy. Peterson, dude, that guy, man. If I'm a if I'm an AD on the West Coast, I back the truck up to that dude a bunch of times and make him say no to me. Yeah, I wonder if he'll coach again. Huh. God, it'd be great. It'd be great. I mean, by the numbers, I am such a fan of Chris Peterson. I mean, he is just big-time awesome staffing, roster management, evaluation, winning football games. Just uh, it's it's too. I love that he's not in the game because good for him taking the money and going to just do whatever he wants to with his family. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that would be me. So I, I can I can appreciate that. But oh my gosh! And as bad as the coaching is in the Pac-12, he would kick <laughs> their ass. <laughs> We'll leave it there, but we may jump back into that. Uh, where would Chris Peterson resurface out west now that that Southern Cal's filled? I wonder if he'd go to UCLA. I don't know. All right. Anyway, Bartu, uh, thank you so much. Uh, follow Bartu. He's been throwing all this stuff out on Twitter. It's really good. 
at CFB Matrix, which most of you know, at CFB Matrix. Thanks, Bartu. See you, buddy. Love you guys. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Dave Bartu. Follow him on Twitter at CFB Matrix. Jimbo Fisher wrecked the Florida State program. Uh, Chris Peterson did an amazing job for the Washington Huskies driving NFL uh, picks into the NFL draft in the NFL. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate it. Uh, Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance on a Monday. Bundle your auto and home and save with your local Farm Bureau insurance agent. We'll see you tomorrow. Mike Dettelier will join us at 830. The Honey Badger is now in New Orleans.